Well, good morning, Converge Church. Let's try that again. I said, good morning, Converge Church. Are you excited to be in the house this morning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what the psalmist said. He said, where two or three are gathered together in his name, there he is in their midst. There's more than two or three of us here this morning. So we invite you to stand because the Lord is in our midst. You may have noticed when you walked in that there wasn't any video on the screen and, and there wasn't any sound or music when you came in the lobby, simply because we've been working through some major technical difficulties. In fact, there won't be any lyrics on the screen, there won't be any videos on the screen, but we ask you to still sing along and worship as we continue to try to troubleshoot and work through some of those difficulties. Listen, if you're a guest with us, this is by no means a reflection of how we do ministry here at Converge Church. We're honored that you're here. And here's the second reason we're excited. We have some very, very special guests with us who will be leading us in worship this morning. Our friends, the Bethanies, are with us this morning. Everybody show your love for the Bethanies. They're gonna be leading us in worship. Such a precious, precious family. So gifted and anointed. And they're gonna usher us into the presence of the Lord this morning. So we invite you now uh, to cast off anything that may have been a weight when you came in, to lift up those holy hands toward heaven as we worship together. Father, we come to you in the name that is above every other name. And Father, we thank you that it is a good thing, a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises to your name, O Most High. Father, this morning we draw near to you without hesitation or reservation. God, we thank you for your promise that if our hearts condemn us not, we have confidence toward you. This morning, God, we draw near to you with full confidence and full assurance. And everything we do this morning, Father, we do for an audience of one. Be glorified, be honored, Father, in everything we say and do, every word we sing, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and amen. amen. The Bethany's. Can you give God one more praise right there? Come on, can you open your mouth? Yes, Clap your hands, all ye people. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. We're going to linger for one second to give you an opportunity to enter in with thanksgiving. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, help me on stage here. Hallelujah. Oh. Oh. We thank God. Keisha. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Father, we thank you and we praise you that in the midst of everything, Father, that you're still worthy. Father, that you're still on the throne. Lord, you're still in control. Father, that we yield to you whatever you have planned today. Father, let your will be done in this house. And we yield to you, Father. We offer up a praise that you are worthy of. Hallelujah. We give you honor we give you worship in this place today. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Hey. Wandering into the night. Wanting a place to hide this weary soul. This bag of bones. Yeah. And I try with all my might. But I just can't win the fight. I'm slowly drifting. 
Get up, get up. 
and just begin to thank the Lord right there. Give them the fruit of your lips. Just begin to tell them thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you. Father, we offer up a sacrifice of praise. The sacrifice is the best thing that we can offer you. We don't give you our last. Father, we give you our best. Our best praise. Oh, you, Lord, you are worthy. And no one can worship you for me, for all the things you've done for me, no one can worship you Worship 
anybody want to be with you? I just want to be with you.
song I just want to be with you Lord oh my mind tell him how much you long to be with him put your hunger on display draw me in closer bait him in closer oh I just want to be with you I just want to Father, we bless your name. We give you glory. We give you honor. And Father, that's the cry. That's the prayer of our hearts. We just want to be with you. For in your presence, God, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And even as the deer pants for the water brook, so our souls long after you this morning. 
Lord, we draw near to you. We draw near to you. And your promise, Father, is that you'll draw near to us. Father, we just sense your presence right now. Right here. Right now. And we just want to be with you. Because, Father, in your presence, there's healing. Just one touch from you in this moment can lift every burden. It can destroy every yoke. It can set the captive free. One touch from you can bind the brokenhearted. Ah, so we just want to be with you. We just want to be with you because we have tasted and we have seen that the Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. We just want to be with you. Your presence, God. Your presence is what we long for. And just as Moses prayed, Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to leave this place. So Lord, would you continue to rest upon us in this moment. Abide with us, God. And finish the work that you've already started. Right now, just since in the room, God is touching his people. Right where you are. You don't need anybody to lay hands on you. You just need to reach out to your God who loves you with an everlasting love right where you are. Maybe you walk through these doors burdened, heavy laden, overtaken, overwhelmed. The presence of God is all you need. You don't need the pastor to lay hands on you. You don't need the elders to lay hands on you. All you need to do is reach out to the God who has already drawn near to you. So Father, we thank you for answering prayers for answering prayers, for wiping every tear, for healing every heart in the name of Jesus, for answering questions, for those who walk through the doors with unanswered questions. Father, I just pray in this morning, in this moment, that you would answer from heaven. Affirm and confirm the areas in our lives where we've needed clarity. Father, for those needing a breakthrough and a divine turnaround right now, in your presence, in your presence, you're answering prayers. So we reach out to you one more time. If you would, indulge me and just lift your hands toward heaven. Just as an act of surrender. In the Hebrew, the word is yada. It means to surrender. Yeah, it means to surrender. When my kids were little, and they were in trouble. Maybe they were trying to walk and take their first steps. Whenever they would fall, and Wendy and I were in close proximity to them, from that fallen position, from that seated position, there was one response that they had. It was an inherent response. It wasn't something we taught them, but it was in them, and they knew inherently that when you fall, there is one posture. It's called yada. It's a posture of surrender. When you don't know what to do, it is hands lifted toward heaven in surrender to the God who can make everything all right. So Father, this morning, you need you know every need, every unspoken prayer. And Father, symbolically, as an act of worship, 
we posture ourselves with hands lifted toward heaven and we say father meet us at the point of our need answer every prayer god in the name of jesus and if you just need for god to hold you the comfort of his arms receive that now in jesus name in jesus name we thank you lord for it we thank you lord for it in jesus name your peace that passes all understanding joy unspeakable and full of glory in this moment lighter 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 down than when you walk through the doors heavy burdens lifted the peace of god is your portion in jesus name yeah. thank you lord thank you lord amen keisha do you have something you have a song in your heart yeah here for you we are here for you yeah come and do what you do yes lord we are here We need a move, yeah. We need a move, yeah. We need a move, yes, we need, we need, we need a move. Cause miracles happen, cause miracles happen when you move and healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen. When you move, oh. heaven is coming. Receive your healing in this place. Miracles sir. happen when you move, and healing is coming in this room. Miracles happen when you move, heaven is coming. Miracles happen when you move. again we say thank you thank you Lord for visiting us with your presence and your power we thank you God that your word promises that you would sit enthroned on the praises of your people father thank you for making your home in this place in this moment in Jesus name and God we thank you that no one will leave as they came in Jesus name bound oppressed sick or lame because of your presence we're renewed, we are restored, we are made whole. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen and Amen. Glory to God. Amen.
Amen. Wow. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Once again, uh, on behalf of myself and my beautiful wife, Pastor Wendy, we'd like to welcome you to Converge Live. Uh, you may have noticed people uh, wearing t-shirts uh, and uh, outfits, and you're like, what's going on? Well, in the month of August, it's one of our customs, one of our traditions here to celebrate Sunday fun days. Uh, today just happens to be Rep Yo City. Y'all heard how I said that? Rep Yo. Rep Yo City, hometown Sunday. And so you've seen several, peoples with t several people with T-shirts that may be representing their city of origin. Uh, my T-shirt says Liberian Made. Come on, somebody. Established 1847. Yes. Thank you for your enthusiasm. Yeah. Yeah. But listen, if you're from a city other than Dallas, other than Dallas, from a city other than Dallas, come on. Show some love for your city. I see my man Stephen Jones in a red t-shirt. Who you repping this morning? Bay Area. Bay Area. Come on, somebody. Oakland in the house. Amen. Anybody else? I see a Chicago Bears. Chicago Cubs, I'm sorry. Chicago Cubs in the house. Anyone else repping the city? I see St. Louis in the back. Kendra. Saginaw, Michigan is in the house. St. Louis is in the house. Anyone else from a city other than, yes, sir. Yeah, Oxford United Kingdom. Come on, somebody. Listen, I just realized who it was. Check this out. This is one of my elementary school classmates. And he's also one of our Converge Online members. He watches faithfully all the way from Oxford, England, every single Sunday. James, it's good to see you. Everybody show your love for my dude, James Seal, all the way from Oxford, England, man. So cool. So cool. Fantastic. Fantastic. I know we got Houston in the house. I see you, Tanisha. You ain't repping your city this morning? No, not today. <laughs> All right, one more, one more. Who we got? Mississippi in the house. We got, who else we got? New York, New York. Come on. If you can make it there, girl, you can make it anywhere. I know we got New York. I see, come on. Is that a Mets? It's a Mets jersey. Okay, so you're not down with the Yankees? She's from Queens. She's making it crystal clear. I'm from Queens. All right, who we got right there with the... Decatur, Illinois. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Fantastic. Yes, sir. One last one in the back. Who you repping? Broken Arrow. Oklahoma is in the house. Listen, we got everybody in the house this morning. And uh, we're, again, just honored that you've joined us for today's worship experience. Now, again, we, we, if you're a first-time guest with us, we're honored that you're here. We have a very special gift for you. So immediately following today's worship experience, make sure you stop by the Connection Center. We have a gift for you. It's just our way of saying thank you for being here. And then also, as part of Sunday Fundays, man, we, you know, after service, every time, man, is our passion because we love people. We're passionate about three things here at Converge. It's Jesus, it's people, and it's purpose. So immediately following today's worship experience, listen, listen, in honor of your hometown, our amazing special events team, they have a spread prepared just for you. So listen, if you have lunch plans, go ahead and cancel them, uh, because right after service, well, again, I don't know if y'all going to get down with this, because I know some of y'all, y'all picky, but listen, we've got, listen, all beef, and turkey. Oh, that was good. <laughs> he right there with me, man. That was awesome. We got, listen, we got hot dogs, but not just hot dogs. 
we've got toppings from every region of the U.S. So listen, if you're from the Southwest and you like chili on your dog, we got some chili for your dog. If you like sauerkraut, if you like relish, if you like crumbled up potato chips, man, I'm salivating already. If you're from Chicago and you like your, your dog with the, what kind of peppers y'all using, we got some of that too. So listen, immediately following the service, and check this out, we got some chips to go with it too. All right? So listen, don't be in a hurry to leave. Uh, we want to connect with you. We want to break bread with you. And it's our way of celebrating you this morning. Uh, before, before I transition to our hosts, uh, everybody show your love one more time for the Bethany's. Uh, they're going to come back again and minister shortly. But uh, listen, uh, 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 Chuck is a dear friend of mine, Chuck Bethany, and Chuck and I go way, way back. So listen, I want you, if you don't mind, to introduce your beautiful, beautiful family. And uh, Before you do that, listen, uh, uh, I call him Chuck, but he's Pastor Charles Bethany. He has pastored before, uh, incredible and accomplished musician. He's worked with some of the most notable uh, uh, vocalists in gospel, Fred Hammond, Smokey Norfolk, uh, 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 Karen Clark Sheard, uh, and most recently, you were the MD or one of the music directors at Daystar Television Network. So if you watch Christian television and Chuck and his wife Keisha look familiar, it's because he uh, was one of the music directors there and you'd see him in the corner on the organ and you'd see uh, Keisha on team with the Dave Star singers and band. But before we go any further, why don't you introduce your amazing, amazing family this morning? Again, I'm Charles, my wife Nakisha there. Then our I actually have a daughter here from St. Louis. I'm from St. Louis too, all you St. Louis people. St. Louis in the house. <laughs> I'm gonna start over here with my oldest. I said oldest in the house here is Kayla. Stand up, Kayla. Hey, Kayla. She's engaged to be married, so she's down here visiting us. And then we have Langston, our guitar player. We forgot his guitar at home today. Stand up, Langston. <laughs> and then my next oldest is Kirsten. Hey, Kirsten. And then we have CJ. Then we have twins on the stage. We have Riley here singing. And on the <laughs> drums, we have her twin brother, Logan. All right, awesome. It's Logan on drums? Yeah. Awesome, awesome. Fantastic, beautiful family. You guys are gonna come again and minister uh, shortly. Uh, but on behalf of, man, our entire church family, we just wanna say thank you. Uh, so much for being with us this morning and for leading us leading us in worship. We look forward to hearing from you again. Uh, but before you guys come back, uh, Cassie, Cree, why don't you tell us about all the exciting things that are happening right here at Converge Church. All right. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I just want to welcome you all, Converge fam and Converge Live. Thank you for being here. We're so excited to have you all in the building today. And thank you for choosing to spend your Sunday morning with us in praying, in prayer, in praise, in worship. That's what I'm trying to say. Awesome. And then when you go outside, you can always get some cool Converge merch. We're not wearing it today because we're repping our city. She's repping Texas, Dallas, Texas. And then I got my little cowboy boots on. But if you go outside, there is a table that has merchandise on it. We have a ton of new merch. So please go check that out and get that. And yes, you can also get that on the website, which is eStore at um, eStore.weareconverge.com. Yes, and yes, please follow us on social media. We have a Facebook, we have YouTube, and we also are on TikTok at We Are Converge. So please check us out and follow, like, and share. 
Yes, thank you so much. Thank you, Cree. We really start to appreciate the, the confidence monitors when they're not working. So uh, we will bear with us if we forget details, we'll make sure we send it out. Um, but yeah, in, in short, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm glad Pastor Ray was able to explain some of the attire before we stood up here for, <laughs> for too long. But um, I was actually really appreciative to like break out my Dallas, Texas, feel it, wear it. We need to do it more often. But thank you for participating. It's so cool to get to see all of the different cities, states, countries that uh, represent our church. And that's what it's all about is coming together, worshiping God across, you know, every uh, very different walks of life. So it's so cool. So we want to keep participating in our Sunday fun days. Next weekend will be uh, your, our, what are we calling it? Our fanatic sports Sunday um, or super fans. So some of you are already wearing and representing your um, the sports you love, but make sure you deck out with your favorite team, um, come represent. So that's next Sunday. Again, if you follow us on social media, we will give you reminders so that you don't forget um, and you don't show up um, missing your opportunity to, whether it's smack talk lovingly or just represent uh, your favorite team. Um, and last but not least, we have a lot of joy and fun in some of our activities here, including Sunday Fun Days, um, but we also have a lot of joy in giving. So moving to our Blessed Life segment um, of the series this morning, uh, we want to make sure that you know all of the different ways to give and partner with us here at Converge. Uh, your giving allows us to move the mission and the vision of Converge Church forward. Uh, it also allows us to be givers ourselves as, as a church into our church, but also into our communities and into our world. So we have various different ways to give. Um, you can give first by in person. There are uh, envelopes in your the seat in front of you in the pockets. Uh, we also have ushers if you don't have one and you want to collect one, but um, those envelopes are in the backs of the seats now. Uh, now we get to place some of our own materials here around the church, so that's a, a nice little upgrade that you can just pull out the envelope. We'll pass around uh, buckets that you can drop them off in or you can drop them off at the end of service. Um, you can also text 77977 text Converge Give in your dollar amount, um, and that'll set you up to give uh, payments as well. And you can give um, online with us as well on our website, um, www.weareconverge.com forward slash give. Um, so all kinds of giving options. Again, uh, we appreciate your partnership and your support. Um, and let's take a moment to pray. Dear God, thank you so much, whether it's a small amount or a large amount, that you give us an opportunity to give. Uh, we do want to give you our best, not our last, and we know that you will bless it, and anything that comes in through this church, you will bless it and, and give it back out um, tenfold. So thank you, we appreciate you, and we love you. Amen. We hope you enjoy the rest of the service. They haven't seen what you can do. 
show your love. Converge church. Converge live. Converge online. We're believing for the impossible. Amen. 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 In fact, the scripture says that the just shall live by faith. And it's the lifestyle and the culture of our church uh, to trust God for the seemingly impossible. Amen. We're going to dive into the word here momentarily. Uh, if you guys would bring my lectern out, uh, that would be extremely, extremely helpful. Um, and while, while we're waiting on the, the lectern, um, just want to bring you guys bring you guys up to speed on where we are with 1611. Uh, listen, uh, it's hard for me to even uh, communicate. Uh, everyone who has been a part of the process has simply said, we've never seen this before. So there's been one delay after the other, uh, and it's, it's administrative things. Oh, it's the wrong signature. We got to get this done. We got to do this. And so there's been one delay after the next. Um, we've done our part, everything we can do and everything that we should have done, and it's just a matter of time. So um, as frustrating as it is, uh, our part is just to wait until it is done. Uh, this is what I've learned uh, that just because it's delayed doesn't mean it's been denied. Are you with me? And so it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's just a matter of time before it's all said and done. I wish I had something better to report. It's, every deadline has just been moved forward and we've done everything that we know to do, including a significant earnest money deposit significant, may I add, non-refundable, earnest money deposit. And so when the Lord says to our church, just keep swimming, come on, Dory, just keep swimming. That's what you do. You just keep swimming. One of the things we say here often at Converge Church as it relates to the life of faith is that the fulfillment of the promise may not be immediate but it is inevitable. It may not happen when you want it or how you want it to happen, but it certainly will happen. And so when we sing songs like Believe For It, that's where we are. And it's really just a waiting game. It's like you see it sitting there, and every day it's something new. There's this one administrative thing. There's this one more box to check, and then it's going to happen. But uh, again, we're, we're, we're confident that it will. And as soon as it does, y'all, we're going to have a straight-up praise party here at 1611 Wilmoth Road. Amen? All righty. So here we are. This is week two of our sermon series, God on Film. And this, again, is one of our traditions, one of our customs here at Converge Church. And typically, our Sunday fundays uh, coincide 
uh, they run parallel with our God on Film series. A lot of churches do a similar series and they call it uh, At the Movies. Uh, the premise for the series, at least for our church, for our context, and for our culture, is we're taking um, a play out of Jesus' playbook. We're following a script. Matthew 13, we discovered, uh, says that Jesus taught them many mysteries concerning the kingdom uh, with parables. And without a parable, he did not speak to them. Meaning, Jesus used culturally relevant references, analogies, and metaphors to communicate deeply profound spiritual truths. And for us, more than just using a parable or a metaphor, or the metaphor that we've chosen is some of your favorite movies. Amen? So last week, man, we did a little bit of a, a dive into Finding Nemo. And we found encouragement from three words that Dory spoke to Marlon, Nemo's dad, when he was in pursuit and in search of his lost son, Nemo. And it was just three words, just keep swimming. And the lesson there was a lesson of persistent faith. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12 says it this way, that we ought to be imitators of those who through faith and patience inherit the promise. What we discovered is that faith does not exist in isolation. Faith needs friends. And sometimes one of the friends that your faith needs is patience. And we also discovered that uh, patience is learning to move at somebody else's pace. You want it now, but you're at the beck and call and whim of somebody else's pace. Come on, all the men in the house, help me out here for a second. Come on, you on it, man. Dinner reservations at 7.30. Restaurant 30 minutes away. You in the car at 6.55. Bay, boo, I know, right? Said, I'm ready, baby. Right? That's the last thing you heard when you were walking out the door. At 6.55, Bay Boo said, I'm ready, baby. And guess what Bay was doing? Still in the mirror. Are you with me? How many of you realize in that moment, ain't nobody going nowhere until Bay is ready? Guess what? You may be ready, but she ain't. And so you learn the lesson of patience because patience is learning to do what? Move at somebody else's pace. And what if the issue isn't your faith or the lack thereof? What if sometimes the issue is you and I haven't learned the lesson of patience, moving at God's pace? So that's kind of where we've been over the last several weeks. It's like, Lord, you know we've done everything we know to do. Now it's in your hands, and we rest and we move at your pace. Are y'all with me? Whew. I don't know why I put myself in that pickle, because all the women looking at me like, mm. I did it to myself. 
Ladies, you know we love and honor you here at Converge Church. And uh, I was just using the parable like Jesus did. An analogy, culturally relevant. Don't worry, I got something for the men. I'm about to offload that now in Jesus' name. All right, let's pray and we'll dive into the word together. Father, we love you, we honor you, we thank you for this day that you have made. Have your way now as we look to your word. Open our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to receive. Father, make us doers of your word, not just hearers only deceiving ourselves. For it is in the doing of the word that our lives are transformed for your glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen and amen. God on film week two. Uh, if I were to choose a title for today's message, it would simply be this. Two words, break free. Mm -hmm. Break free. And I have chosen a familiar story from the text that most of you students of the word will be familiar with. However, we're going to dive into a verse from the text that is somewhat obscure. And that is my assignment this morning as we look to our anchor text, which will be the foundation of everything that I say this morning. Uh, there's so many things running through my mind right now. It's sometimes it's tricky where to even start. But we trust the Holy Spirit for his direction and his guidance as we dive into the word together. Y'all ready for this? Just say those two words after me. Break, Break. free. Break. Mm. Break free. Break free. <sighs> Our anchor text for this morning is lifted uh, from Genesis chapter 27. I'll begin reading at verse 30. We'll end at verse 40. And this will give us the context and the parameters for our message this morning. Uh, we had a, a video clip set up that was going to uh, help us with the message this morning. Uh, but uh, we will fly without the video clip. Listen to me. I have learned that just because it's new doesn't mean it's necessary. And just because it's old, it doesn't mean it's obsolete. There are some traditions that still matter. And so this morning when I walked in and they mentioned that we're having some technical difficulties, the first thing that came to mind is like, whoo, I remember the days when there weren't video cameras and live streams and technology and smoke machines. We still got a hold of the altar of God. And every now and then it's okay to go back to the old. Hmm? When we strip it down and there's absolutely no crutches. I'm talking about, can I still sing the song without lyrics on the screen? Hmm? And those are some of the conveniences that have become crutches that sometimes as Christ followers, we can't even function without them. And what we don't realize is that we need crutches to enable sometimes our dysfunction. And sometimes God has a way of removing the crutches to see, can you still walk without it? Are y'all with me? So we're going to press in and we're going to lean into God without smoke on the stage, without lights, well, we got lights, without all the other accoutrements that we have grown accustomed to. 
Because, yeah, y'all heard me say accoutrements? Come on, somebody. All right. I did say that. All right, pastor, stay focused. Y'all go get my wife so she can help me out and stay focused. But we pick up today's message in the latter half of the life of two brothers. They're not just brothers, but they're twins. And these two young men are special because they were God's answer to a prayer that their father, Isaac, prayed. Not just for one year, not just for two years, but for 20 years. Isaac is the son of Abraham, but he's 40 years old when he meets his wife, Rebecca. And she's everything that he dreamed of and everything that he desired. With one caveat, that she could not bear him children. And as we're introduced to Isaac and Rebecca, we find that Isaac had done everything right. He waited until he was 40. He did it God's way. He marries the woman of his dreams, and the one desire, the one prayer that they have goes unfulfilled, listen to me, for 20 years. I'm talking about learning to move at God's pace. When life seems to make absolutely no sense, when life seems unfair, God, I've checked every box, I've dotted every I, I've crossed every T, and I'm still coming up empty? And this is what the scripture says, that Isaac pleaded with God for his wife, Rebecca. The word pleaded in the Hebrew means he wrestled with God. It wasn't just a one-time prayer. He wrestled with God. And I wonder how many of us as men today wrestle with God in prayer for our spouses. Pray, intercede with groanings that cannot be uttered for our wives. Listen to me, that everything that God has for them, that everything that God has in them will come to fulfillment without any lack, without any deficiencies, nothing missing, nothing lacking, nothing broken. For years, I've prayed that prayer from Genesis 23 through 25 over Pastor Wendy. I have pleaded with God for my wife, and I have celebrated Every single win in her life. Let me talk to the men for a second. Many of us have allowed our insecurities to cause us to turn against our wives instead of turning toward them. Some of us have only tolerated the greatness in our wives instead of celebrating the greatness that God has deposited in them. And let me make it crystal clear, there would not be a converged church without Pastor Wendy standing side by side with me. None of this would have been possible, none of the endurance, none of the longevity, none of the the times that I wanted to quit. The one voice that kept me from quitting was my wife. Men, you need to take a cue from Isaac. And plead with God in prayer for your wife. And when I say plead with God in prayer for your wife, I'm talking about praying and speaking blessing over her. That everything she touches will prosper, be fruitful, and multiply. 
Are y'all with me? Isaac prayed this prayer for 20 years. And in the 20th year, God answered. I wish I could explain why he waited that long. I have no answer other than God is sovereign. And he answers to no one but himself. And what I also know is that Father knows best. If he chooses in his sovereignty to wait 20 years to answer my prayer, there is a reason that I can't comprehend, understand right now for which he has withheld the answer. But it didn't keep Isaac, it didn't keep Isaac from praying though. He wrestled with God in prayer 20 years. And I wonder how many of us don't see the fruition or the fulfillment of the things we've asked God because we quit prematurely. We stop asking, we stop praying, we stop swimming. So 20 years later, God answers the prayer. But he doesn't just answer the prayer, he answers with a double portion. He gives Rebecca twins. And the scripture picks up in the text and it says there was this struggle in her. And she wondered, she re- like, what's going on on the inside of me? And God spoke to Rebecca and he said, the war inside you is two sons. And they are two nations. And the older will serve the younger. God was giving Rebecca this prophetic picture of this sibling rivalry that would exist. Now, most of us, we don't want to hear that this thing I'm going, I've been praying for this whole time is going to cause some problems. Are y'all listening to me? Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? God says, no, I'm going to answer the prayer. But I want to make it crystal clear to you that when these two boys are born, There will be this tension and this rivalry that will exist between these two brothers and eventually they will become two nations that are at war. Hmm. So the anchor text is right here in Genesis chapter 27 and verse 30. Because the two sons are Jacob and Esau. In fact, the right order would have been Esau and Jacob because Esau is the firstborn and Jacob is the secondborn. But as you read the text, it seems like Jacob is getting all the breaks and that Esau got the short end of the stick. But upon closer examination, you will discover that maybe our hermeneutic, our interpretation of what's happening in this household may not be entirely accurate. Because when we read the story, Jacob appears to be the bad guy and Esau appears to be the victim. The way we've heard the story of these two men's lives preached and taught is Jacob was a deceiver and his brother was the victim. Let's pick up the story where these two brothers are now in the middle of their lives. 
Hmm. And their father, Isaac, is about to transition. He's about to die. And in Hebrew custom, in Hebrew tradition, the father would pronounce a blessing, speak a blessing, lay hands on his children and bless them. So Isaac sends for Esau. And he says, Esau, I'm blind and I'm about to die. My last wish before I die is I want you to make that venison stew that I love. Final request. And when you bring me this venison stew, after I've eaten, I'm going to bless you. This is where we pick up the story. But I'm trying not to get ahead of myself because I want to give you the anchor text and I'll tell you about God on film. Y'all ready for this? So here's the anchor text, Genesis chapter 27 and verse number 40. This is Isaac speaking to his son Esau because he has already pronounced the blessing upon Jacob who shouldn't have received the blessing but who came in, listen to me, deceptively pretending to be Esau and his father gave him the blessing instead of Esau because Esau ran out to go hunt venison to come and make his dad this fresh stew made of venison. In his anguish, in his anguish, Esau cries out to his father and says, do you have another blessing? Do you only have one blessing or do you have another blessing left? And the scripture says that finally, meaning it took a while for Isaac to even acquiesce to Esau's request because he had already blessed Jacob. Listen to me. And the scripture says, finally, Isaac decides to lay hands on Esau and pronounce a blessing over him. There's a reason I'm calling this message break free and you've got to hear it. I'm telling you. Here's the text. These are the words of Isaac to his son Esau in Esau's distress. And it doesn't even come out as a blessing. Because these are the words that Isaac speaks over his son Esau. He said, Esau, you will live by the sword and you will serve your brother. That's not what you want to hear your dad say when you were expecting a blessing. He says there are going to be two things that mark your life. You're going to live by the sword and you're going to serve your brother. But the next thing that his father says is so powerful and it's so profound. And that's where we're going to land this morning. Because as I was in prayer and preparing, I felt the Lord impress upon my heart that there were many of us who are right where Esau was. Many who feel you've been cheated out of purpose, cheated out of your promise, and that your life is on hold. Isaac says to Esau two things. You're going to live by the sword. But number two, you're going to serve your brother. But here's the part that is redemptive. He says, but when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. Oh, y'all missed that. He says, 
Esau, you're going to live by the sword and you're going to serve your brother. But the moment you decide to break free, you will shake the yoke off your neck. I'll say it again. You're going to serve your brother and you're going to live by the sword. But the moment you decide to deal with your anger and your pain as a result of what he did to you, you will finally begin to live free and you will take the yoke off your neck. I'll say it one more time just in case it didn't register. God is saying to our church that there are some who have lived by the sword with anger because of what they did or because of what they didn't do. And you have become a slave to your brother because of what they did or because of what they didn't do. But the moment you decide that that thing will no longer overshadow my life, you will shake the yoke off your neck. Are you listening to what I'm saying? The Lord said it's time for my people to break free. And what was he saying? Well, listen, it he was expecting a blessing. What his father gave him was a prophetic utterance. And he says, you have two choices. You can allow what Jacob has done to define you. Or mm, you can allow it to develop you. Okay. Let's unpack what, what, what Isaac said to Esau. What Isaac said to his son Esau was twofold. Number one, he said you will live by the sword. Somebody say transferred aggression. What is transferred aggression? You know, you know what Isaac was saying to Esau? He said you're going to be mad at everybody. You're going to be mad at life. You're going to be mad at people. Listen, you're going to cut people who had absolutely nothing to do with your pain. And most of us live with transferred aggression. The people we get mad at have absolutely nothing to do with the reason why you're mad. The reason you're mad is what Jacob did to you. But now you're mad at the whole world and now you live by the sword. Anybody come near you, you're ready to cut them like bon qui qui. Come on, complicated order. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. but they didn't do that to you. Transfer aggression. Your unresolved anger, and here it is, your misplaced frustrations will cause you to hurt people who aren't responsible for your pain. That's what Esau was telling his son, um, Isaac was telling his son Esau. And here's why. You've seen this quote before. I don't even know who to attribute it to, but it simply says this, if you don't heal from what hurt you, you will bleed on people who didn't cut you. I'll say that again. If you don't heal from what hurt you, you're going to bleed out on people who didn't cut you. And what his dad was saying was a word of admonition. It was a prophetic admonition to say, if you don't deal with your pain, you're going to make life painful for everybody you come in contact with. 
because you will choose to live by the sword. Here's the second thing he's saying in the text. When he says you will serve your brother, you know what he's saying? He's saying that you and I will become servants of whatever we allow to overshadow us. There are people in this room who are still living in the shadow of the people who hurt you. You know how I know you're still living in the shadow? Every time you hear their name. Every time you see them. Something happens on the inside of you. And most people go through life living with a sword and living in the shadow of the people who hurt them, harmed them. But his father said, listen, there's hope. He said, Esau, the day you decide to break free. Y'all hear what I'm saying? It is a decision that you and I must make. That I can no longer allow what Jacob did to continue to influence my life. And when that day happens, you and I will break free. Okay. (laughs) It's awful quiet in this Presbyterian church. Listen to me. Third statement he makes is when you decide. When you decide to break free. You know, it's so easy and comforting to blame someone else for why I am the way I am. Because as long as I continue to blame somebody else for why I am the way I am, it relieves me of personal responsibility for my change. Listen to me, baby. You should never give anybody that much power over your life. I'll feel better when they apologize. You crazy? You better go on with your life. Get your smile back. Get your joy back. Oh, yeah. And when they apologize, then are you serious? You should never give anybody permission to have that much control over your life. Because if you do, you will live by the sword and you will live in their shadow and you will continually be their servant. Here's the third thing he says. He said, when you decide. Let me tell you why this decision is critical. When you decide to break free. This is important because there's two kinds of pain. Y'all ready for this? There's the pain of change. And that's the pain of remaining the same. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? Either way, you choose in your pain. There's one choice Esau can make to continue to live by the sword and under his brother's shadow, or there's the pain of change that says, I'm going to break free. And sometimes the pain of change, you know what it looks like? It looks like forgiving them. We don't want to do that, though. We don't want to do that, though. We want to live free, but we don't want to do what freedom requires. And freedom requires forgiving them. You're not listening to what I'm saying. I'm talking about break free. When you decide... 
to break free. You will shake the yoke off your neck. Now, what am I talking about? What am I talking about? What am I talking about? The movie clip I was going to show you guys is from Les Miserables, one of my favorite movies, 1998 version, not the musical, with Hugh Jackman and, and Russell Crowe. This is the 1998 movie with, uh, say again, Liam Neeson and Uma Thurman and Jeffrey Rush. But you know the story. It's set in early 19th century France. The author is Victor Hugo. In fact, the book Le Miserable is considered one of the, the best novels ever written. And listen to me, it is the story of the central character Jean Valjean. Come on, I wish I had a name like that. Jean Valjean. Come on. Can you imagine your wife calling you? Jean Valjean. I think I'm going to change my name, Chuck. <laughs> Pastor Jean Valjean. <laughs> so Jean Valjean is the central character in the story. But when we're introduced to Jean Valjean, he's sleeping on a bench because none of the innkeepers will allow him to stay in their inn. The reason for that is because Jean Valjean has a yellow passport. And that yellow passport means you are a convict, a criminal. He's already paid his dues. He has spent 20 years in prison, hard labor, working in a rock quarry. His crime? Stealing bread to feed himself. He got five years for that, and then he got 16 years, 15 or 16 years for multiple escape attempts. So when we're introduced to Jean Valjean, he comes into this he comes into this little village. It's late at night. No one will let him in. And then he knocks on the door of a bishop. And the bishop allows him to spend the night. In the middle of the night, Malak, the bishop hears Jean Valjean walking through the house and he's collecting all the silverware because old habits die hard. And the bishop wakes up to see what the commotion is or what those noises were. And it's Jean Valjean. And the bishop comes face to face with Jean Valjean and he knocks him out, man. And he takes off with all the silverware. Well, the next morning, the police catch Jean Valjean because he had this big bag of silverware and they bring him back to the bishop's house. And said, listen, at this point, he's broken parole. Said, listen, this guy's telling us this crazy story that he spent the night at your house and you gave him all this silverware. He said, not only did I give him the silverware, he forgot the silver candlesticks. And the police are like, oh, hold up, are you telling me that what he's saying is true? He said, the bishop said, yeah. Everything he said is true. I gave him the silverware, but he forgot to take the silver candlesticks as well. And the bishop says to the, the, the officers, release him at once, and they do. And when they walk away in the movie, this is what the bishop says to Jean Valjean face to face. He says, with this silver, I have ransomed your soul. Jean Valjean takes the silver. He moves to another town called Vigo. Vigo, I think it's called Vigo. And for nine years, y'all listen to me now. 
For nine years, Jean Valjean reinvents himself. He builds a factory and he becomes mayor of the town. Not only does he become mayor of the town, man, he's the wealthiest man in the town. But one day, they assign a new inspector to Vigo. His name is Javert. The ironic thing about Javert is Javert used to be the prison guard that supervised Jean Valjean when he was a prisoner. So nine years later, he thinks all this stuff is behind him, and all of a sudden, this guy shows up. And when he recognizes Jean Valjean, he makes it his aim to send Jean Valjean back to prison. Let me cut to the end of the story. At the end of the movie, Javert succeeds in arresting Jean Valjean. And they bring him to the river's edge. And he's, he's written a note that he gave to, to the, uh, the officers to take back to the magistrate. And in this closing scene, he says to Jean Valjean, why didn't you kill me when you had a chance? Because he did. At another part in the story, Jean Valjean could have killed Javert and ended all of his misery. So he asked him, why didn't you kill me when you had a chance? And he says, I don't have the power to give or to take life. And Javert takes the cuffs off Jean Valjean and says, you're free to go. And in the movie, I'm not trying to be morbid, but Javert puts the cuffs on his own hands and falls backward into the water. So what just happened? Javert was more willing to die with unforgiveness in his heart than to let Jean Valjean go with his forgiveness. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Even though he had the authority, even though he was free, the pain of change was too hard for him. And he chose to die with bitterness and unforgiveness in his heart rather than to truly let Jean Valjean go free. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? So what does that have to do with this story? It has everything to do with this story. Most of us are walking around in prisons without walls. Javert was a free man, but he was in this prison where Jean Valjean's life overshadowed his. And in his mind, this guy that used to break rocks in the quarry for 20 years does not deserve to be a mayor because he's a criminal and a convict. And there are people you will encounter in your life who can only handle the former version of yourself. Y'all not listening to what I'm saying this morning. There are people who cannot handle your evolution. Because they can manipulate and control the person you were. And Isaac says to his son Esau, I don't have a blessing, but I have a prophetic declaration. That as long as you live with unforgiveness and bitterness in your heart towards your brother, you're going to live by the sword. 
and you will serve your brother. But when you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke off your neck. And this is where I close. What time is it? I don't have a wa- I mean a clock. Of what, t- what time is it? It's 1130? Woo! Yeah, that's a good time to say, take your time, Pastor. <laughs> You're not convinced. So, so here's, here's, here's where we close. When you decide, you're going to change, you're going to choose the pain of remaining the same or the pain of change. The next thing is break free. What does it mean to break free? What does it mean to break free? Because listen to me, you can be sincere about what you believe and still be sincerely wrong. And most of us believe what we believe about ourselves and about other people, but unfortunately, we uns- we're sincerely wrong about what happened and why we are the way we are. So if I'm going to break free, not only do I embrace the pain of change, but here's the second thing I got to do. I have to recognize that sometimes healing comes when I accept personal responsibility for my part that I played in my own suffering. Oh, we don't like that one. Let me tell you this. Let me say to you again. Sometimes healing comes when you accept responsibility for the part you played in your own suffering. No, 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 no. It's so easy to say they did it. And sometimes we forget what we did. Oh, Jesus. Do I, do I have time to do this? In Genesis chapter 27 and verse 36, Esau says, when he comes to his father and he's frustrated and his father said, I already blessed Jacob. This is what Esau said. Esau said, is he not rightly named Jacob? Because Jacob... By the way, which was a name that he received at birth, he was born, and because he reached out and grabbed his brother's heel, they called him a deceiver and a supplanter, and the rest of his life, he went through his life with everybody calling him a crook. But that was the name he was given at birth because he reached out and grabbed his brother's heel. All right, listen to what I'm saying. But upon further inspection of the text, upon further inspection of the text, you will discover something completely different about Jacob. There's a reason the scripture says, Jacob have I loved. Esau have I despised. These are God's words. Why would God endorse a crook, a trickster, a cheater? Go read the text. Jacob have I loved. Esau have I despised. Why would God build an entire nation on the lineage of Jacob, whose name became Israel, and his 12 sons became the 12 tribes of Israel? A lot of times, we give Jacob a bad rap, but we don't realize that Esau is culpable in a lot of the problems that are happening in his life. Oh, you're... Let me prove it to you. You ready for this? Okay, I'm just going to read it to you real quick. So here it is. The infamous story 
of Jacob and Esau and Esau selling his birthright. And notice the word I use, selling. There's nowhere anywhere in Scripture where you will ever see that Jacob stole Esau's birthright. I've read multiple translations. I have studied the word. And there is nowhere in Scripture where the Scripture says Jacob stole Esau's birthright. First example. I'm not talking about the blessing in Genesis 27. I'm talking about the birthright in Genesis 25. And sometimes the way you heal is you have to accept responsibility for your own part in your suffering in order to break free. So here's the story. I'm just going to read it to you quickly from the text, and then I'm going to be out of your way. Verse 29. Now Jacob cooked a stew, and Esau came in from the field, and he was weary. And Esau said to Jacob, please feed me with that same red stew, for I am weary, and therefore his name was called Edom. But Jacob said to him, if you want my soup, sell me your birthright. Tell me one thing that was deceptive about what Jacob offered his brother. I have something you want, you have something I want. If you want this bowl of soup, it's going to cost you your birthright. If I go to a car lot and say I'm going to buy a car, and somebody says the car is $50,000 or $60,000 for a base model Kia, (laughs) and I go and sign the contract, Did they deceive me? You're a fool. If I come in from hunting and I miss one meal, and the person who has food says, this meal is going to cost you your birthright, and I exchange my future for a bowl of soup, they didn't deceive me. Are y'all listening to what I'm saying? No, no, I'm going to go a little bit deeper because the Bible says this about these two brothers, that Esau was a hunter. Jacob, if you read the scripture, says he was a mild man dwelling in tents. Esau was a hunter. You know what hunters do? You go out and you hunt, you eat what you kill, and then you got to start all over again. Jacob was a mild man. That word in the Hebrew means he was a cultivator. So Jacob didn't consume what he ate. He multiplied what he grew. Are you understand what I'm saying? So look at the irony. The guy who's the hunter goes out to hunt one time, comes up empty. His brother, who's not a hunter, has supply. I'm talking about the choices we make where we consume everything we catch. And then there are those who cultivate what they catch so they have more. So the hunter who is supposed to have stuff ain't got nothing. The guy who's chilling at the crib has everything. And notice what happens in the text. I promise I'm going to let y'all go in a second. Now Jacob cooked a stew and Esau came in from the field. I read that already. And Jacob said, sell me your birthright. Sell me your birthright. 
in exchange for what you have, I will give you what I have. And Esau said, notice, I'm talking about taking responsibility for your part in your own suffering. Look at verse 32. And Esau said, look, I'm about to die. So what is this birthright to me? Was Esau about to die because he missed one meal? No. In fact, when you read the text, the scripture says Esau lived in the house with his father and mother. So if he couldn't get a meal from Jacob, surely he could get a meal from his mom and dad. But notice his response. He says, what is this birthright to me? You know what the birthright was? It was a double portion of the blessing. So if, if, if uh, when Isaac died, Esau was supposed to receive double. And he said, look, man, I know I'm supposed to get double everything, double of what my father has. I'm hungry now. Feed me now. What good is that future promise when I'm hungry now? And how many of us live in that place where we mortgage our future because of what we want in the moment? If you and I are going to break free, if you and I are going to break free, uh, we have to take personal responsibility. So here it is. Esau was not deceived. He despised what he should have highly esteemed. And I wonder how many of us are struggling with what we're struggling with because we don't value what God has given us. Notice verse 33. Then Jacob said, swear to me as of this day. So he swore to him and, here's the word, sold his birthright to Jacob. If Jacob was guilty of anything, let me tell you, he was guilty of some predatory lending. Ace Cash Express. 200%. But he accepted the terms. He didn't have to take it. He extra- Now, if I, were, if I were Esau, I would say, listen, this, this bowl of stew, I'm going to give you my birthright, but you're going to feed me and my children and my children's children and my children's children's children. But he mortgaged his future for one meal. And people have taught this scripture and made Jacob the bad guy. When you read the very next line, it says, and so Esau despised his birthright. He treated it with contempt, with no esteem and no value. And so for the rest of his life, he lives with anger toward his brother because he sold his birthright to his brother for a bowl of soup. You know why? His brother valued what he had more than he did. When you read the next story about the blessing, if you go back to Genesis 27, we're out of time, so I'm not going to read it. But going wasn't even his, going to his father Isaac wasn't even his idea. Jacob was minding his own business. And his mama, Rebecca, came and said, your daddy about to bless your brother. He's gone out to the field again. You go and pretend to be your brother. It wasn't even Jacob. It was his mama who told him. And when you read the text, Jacob's response was, my brother is hairy. And my father will think 
that I am trying to deceive him. Go read the story. That was Jacob's response. And he said, if I do that, a curse will come upon my head. And his mama, Rebecca, said, let your curse come upon my head. This is why Jacob, while the whole time Jacob is saying, I can't do this, I can't do this, his mama is insisting to the point where he said, whatever curse is supposed to come upon you because of what you're about to do, let it come upon me. Go read the text. And we give Joe, uh, 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 we give Jacob a bad rap, and we don't realize that part of the problem is that Esau was unwilling to accept personal responsibility for his own suffering and say, you know what? I sold my birthright. I despised what was valuable. And so if we're going to break free, here it is. He did three things. Esau mortgaged his future over one meal. Esau made a long-term decision based on a temporary situation. Esau was so fixated on the present that he lost sight of the future. Esau chose now over next. He chose instant gratification over future provision. And in the words of Dr. Hart Ramsey, some people aren't wounded. They're just willful. They don't need to heal. They need to grow. Esau wasn't really wounded. He made willfully bad choices. And Esau needed to grow up. Most of us are unwilling to grow up. And because we're unwilling to grow up, we blame everyone else. God sent me here today with one simple instruction. The moment you decide to break free, the moment you decide to break free, you will shake his yoke from your neck. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to seal this word in our hearts. Father, if we've ever been in the position that Esau was in, where it seemed easier and much more convenient to blame everybody else for where we are. And God, maybe the pain that was afflicted is very real. Inflicted is very real. But God, help us also this morning to turn our eyes away from just simply what others did and maybe take personal responsibility for our role, our role in our own pain and suffering. Father, help us to recognize those seasons and those moments in our lives when we didn't honor and esteem the birthright, our gift, a talent, an ability, where we didn't even esteem our time, the valuable time that you gave us. We squandered it and wasted it and exchanged it. Our birthright for a bowl of soup. So Father, maybe today, maybe today's the day we stop pointing at them. Even if what they did was deceptive and evil, Father, today we make a choice. We decide to break free 
and shake their yoke off our neck. No longer controlled by what they did, but living free, putting down our sword, walking away from their shadow and living in freedom. God, we trust you to do that. We trust you to do that. We trust you to do that. We embrace the pain of change over the pain of staying the same. Give us the grace to do it now, we ask in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. The next chapter over, next chapter over, Jacob sends a message to his brother Esau. Esau hears the message and they meet halfway. Jacob was afraid that his brother would kill him. But God had done such a work in Esau's life that when they met, they embraced. And because Esau had broken free, he was able to forgive Jacob for what he did. There's a good ending to this story if you'll let them go, if you'll release them. Reconciliation is possible if you will choose to break free from the ones who hurt you. Why don't you stand with us? Once again, let's show our love for Chuck and Keisha, the Bethany's. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. My dude is in the house. Warren and Tiffany, so good to see you. James is in the house. Again, all the way from Oxford, England. Oh, by the way, um, uh, we're out of time, but uh, our winner for today's Rep Your City is none other than Cassie White. Everybody show your love for Cassie. Cassie had the hat. She had the jacket with the, what do you call the hanging things? Fringe. She had the fringe and everything. She, uh, Dexter was a close second, but Dexter and Andrea won last week as well. But thank you for also repping your city. Amen. Next week, next week uh, is Super Fan. Super Fan or Fanatic Sunday. So come on. Come on, all my Cowboys fans. You know we're winning the Super Bowl this year. Two people agree. Two, two Cowboys fans are clapping. So listen, Super Fan Sunday, rep your favorite team. Uh, if you're not into sports, man, rep your favorite artist. You might love music, but be a super fan next week. And we have a fun treat. Make sure you grab your hot dog, man. Load it down with all your favorite toppings. It's going to be good. And uh, we're encouraging unhealthy eating today. Today is your cheat day. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll see you next week. If you were impacted by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time. If so, we would love to send you some materials to kickstart your relationship with God. Or if you would like more information on how to join our virtual family, email us at echurchweareconverged.com. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can do so online safely and securely 
at www.weareconverged.com forward slash give. You can also give by texting 77977 and send Converge Give in the dollar amount. You can also find all of this information on our mobile app. Simply open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano, and download the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to staying connected with you.